rifling through those long boxes and bagging those books. Welcome to your home for Star Wars comics. This is the Cosmic Force Podcast, a Utini Podcast Network production. And now, here are your hosts, Tyler Reganti, Emma Park, Caleb Lamanek, and Jacob Bosch. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of The Cosmic Force. My name is Emma Park, and on tonight's show, we have a very special guest discussing a very special topic in the second of three shows in Utini's latest crossover event, all about the women of Star Wars. And we even have some recently breaking High Republic news. But before we dive into it, let's check in with all of my fellow co-hosts, starting with Tyler. Tyler, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. How are you? It's a, it's a different interaction between you yeah. and I. We're not, we're, not, we're not used to this. I know. It, it, it feels a little off, but that's okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's going to be a fun show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm really excited about it. Uh, Caleb, I see you're wearing uh, one of your Star Wars ties for this special occasion. How are exactly. you? Exactly. <laughs> I'm doing really well. I'm, you know, I'm feeling real excited. Like, I think this is going to be a great show. We've got some really nice show notes. We've got a special guest, and that's always exciting. So I think we're off to a races here. So uh, definitely a landmark episode ahead of us. Amazing. And our producer, Jacob. Jacob, I see you have the uh, new issue, uh, Where are the Bounty Hunters Bouch there. What would you think? I really loved it. I, it was, I would put it in like a, a class with like Lando, the miniseries, and the fact that it makes me care for a character that really actually never showed up in the movies. Um, uh, similar to how I really care about Lobot, who was in the movies for all 30 seconds and <laughs> did nothing meaningful whatsoever. So it was amazing. I, I want more of that. I don't know why, but yeah, give me like an ongoing Bausch story, which I didn't see myself saying uh, a month ago. It's the magic of Star Wars comics, and, mm-hmm. and we love that. So our very special guest is our very own Meg Dowell. We couldn't have an episode of uh, about women in Star Wars without her. Meg, how are you tonight? Hi, I I am here, and I am good. I am I don't even know what day it is anymore, but you know what? Um, we're here together and that's all that matters. Absolutely. Well, we're so happy to have you here making your Cosmic Force debut Woo-hoo. and you're even rocking the Cosmic Force t-shirt. I, I am. Mean, it's perfect. It's so perfect. It is. I didn't buy it specifically for this occasion at all. You know, it's <laughs> I, fine. I, I believe you're a better host than, than all of us because I don't think, does any, <laughs> do any of us have that shirt? I do not. I have two of them, not. yeah. I have... Oh. M- we got matching ones for me and my wife just so that we finally can have like matching shirts when we go out. It's cute. Mm. It's free advertising too. It's great. Hey, well, it isn't exactly free, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it's fun. It's a fun way to advertise. <laughs> so if you are joining us for the very first time, welcome. We are a Star Wars comics podcast that broadcasts live right here on youtube.com slash every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you can't join us live, that's okay because we are also available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. We're a part of the Utini Podcast Network of nearly a dozen shows with a Discord channel at utini.com slash Discord, and that has more than a thousand members in it with dozens of channels to choose from. If you like what you see and want to say thanks, then head over to our Patreon channel at patreon.com slash Utini, where for as little as $5 a month, you can gain exclusive access to the entire Utini Podcast Network of shows, as well as exclusive merch and community involvement. So like I said at the top of the show, we have had some recently breaking High Republic news. Tyler, what is this all about? 
Well, we got covers. We got lots of covers. We got book covers. We got comic covers. Uh, and as far as this show goes, we'll start off with uh, the cover reel for issue number one of the High Republic Eye of the Storm uh, with a, a very dashing. Unfortunately, he's too small in this in, in, in this uh, very dashing looking uh, Martian Rowe. Um, as a reminder, this is a two shot comic digging into the history of Martian Rowe, and it was written by none other than Charles Soule. Uh, so that is was the first issue that that or excuse me cover that we got. We also got Edge of Balance Volume Two, and the strange news uh, that it is going to be re- uh, released as a digital only release. Mm-hmm. Um, this is of course written by Daniel R. Jose Older. Um, after the f- uh, the first issue was written by Justine Ireland, so. Uh, that is looking to, we're excited for that to come out. And then it also we got cover art for the high Republic adventure, uh, adventures annual number one. Uh, these are arriving in December and that includes stories from Charles soul, Kevin Scott, Claudia gray, Justina Ireland, and Daniel Jose older, basically the entire, um, crew writing for the high Republic is going to be participating in that. Uh, and the art is from Sam Beck, Jason Liu, Yale Nathan, Jesse uh, Lohengren, and Stefano Simone. So uh, this that the, the cover that Jason or that Jacob's got up right now is my favorite. Um, but yeah, there were a couple of different covers that were released, and uh, yeah, we should be looking for those before the end of the year. Yeah, that's really exciting stuff. Um, I'm so excited that we're getting such a wide variety of authors writing in the annual. That's so cool. And one other thing I want to say for our Uh, video watchers, this cover that we have up right now, I said in our Slack channel earlier today that Lena So's expression reminds me of The Rock. If you know, you know. (laughs) 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 So those are going to be awesome. Thank you for uh, rounding out that uh, those comics uh, news for us, Tyler. Uh, Now, Jacob, with our weekly pull list, we've got some awesome, awesome new releases today. What do we got? Yeah, so we got three comics today. We have uh, Darth Vader, number 16, Target Skywalker, written by Greg Pak. Ra- uh, pencils by Rafael Yanko, uh, cover by Aaron Cooter. The colorist is Jason Keith, and the letter is Joe Caramanga. Uh, then we have War of the Bounty Hunters, Bausch. It's a one-shot from uh, Alyssa Wong, with pencils by uh, David Baladion. Uh, the cover is uh, Mahmoud Asrar. Inker is uh, David Baladon uh, again. The colorist is Israel Silva, and the letterer is Ariana Meyer. And then lastly, we have High Republic Adventures, The Monster of Temple Peak, number two, written by Kevin Scott, pencils by Rachel Stott, and the cover and inks are also from Rachel Stott as well. All the links for these are down in the description below if you want to pick them up on Comixology for yourself. Awesome, yeah. Really, really great issues today. I've, I read the Darth Vader and the Bausch, and then I'm really excited to wind down after the show with Monster of Temple Peak. So really looking forward to it. So let's move on to our What We're Loving section. And this week for Art of, Art of the Week, we have a very special set of rules based on this week's topic. So the rules were that whoever uh, whoever is in the Art of the Week has to either be a woman or be uh, drawn by a woman. So this is going with our uh, women in Star Wars theme, and I'm really excited to see what everybody picked. So uh, let's start out like we always do with Tyler. Tyler, what's your out of the week? 
So my uh, art of the week comes from High Republic uh, number three, um, and it is of course uh, Avar Chris being a badass and and just slicing the Drengar in half. Uh, the penciler is Ario Anandito, the inker is Mark Morales, and the color artist is Annalisa Leone. Um, and it was just fun. Like I didn't get a chance to really finish the um, trade paperback after our review of it, so I was kind of going through it and and just getting to this point was just it was awesome to see her just you know doing her thing and, and coming to the rescue so uh c- considering the the theme of the week this week i thought it was a it was a good selection yeah very nice so i will go next um and mine is from dr afra uh, the 2016 series issue 29 um with pencils by amelia laso and um this was just i loved 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 this art here. I mean, we've got Afra carrying a triple zero uh, on her back, and there's some really funny dialogue between them. The, this whole like uh, little series of issues here was absolutely hilarious. A little bit of like buddy cop type of thing between Afra and triple zero. And I mean, Afra is, is one of my, my favorite uh, women in Star Wars comics, and we are definitely going to be talking about her uh, quite a bit later. So next is Caleb. Caleb, what you got? Uh, this one also came from that Afro run uh, a little bit earlier. This is Afro number 17. Pencils by Amelia Lasso, but also colored by Rachel Rosenberg. I think we might be talking a little bit later. But this was a really sort of fun thing because, you know, we ha- this one is introducing uh, one of their... Uh, one of my personal favorite characters from the EU here is, uh, is you know, uh, the you know General Harris and Dula. And her kind of... The way that she plays off of... Uh, Afra in this whole issue and this whole arc it's a lot of fun and it's it's really nice whenever you see a character that you know from like you know like rebels or like your own little secret show and they show up and like haha this is this is going to be a good source thing and that was a that was really sort of fun to see um you know Hera back in this sort of thing and she's made transition she was in the uh in the video game Star Wars Starfighters Squadrons Squadrons, squadrons yeah. yes so it's it's nice that she's getting you know you know into other media so it's really exciting to see her here yeah oh, i always love when Hera shows up in literally anything so this is a very good pick um jacob what do you have for your art of the week yeah so i'm pulling from something a little different i'm going forces of destiny the leia issue uh with nice. art by uh elsa chartier um so i love her style i found like i kind of found her stuff when i was doing some of the, my idw read-throughs and it like I don't know. There's something about it is very striking. It reminds me a lot of like Darwin Cook or uh, like Bruce Tim, like the like '90s like Justice mm. League cartoon type yeah. style. Uh, and it's super iconic uh, for me, like growing up with that. And yeah, I I love how her art transfers to uh, to Star Wars, and I really hope to see her do some more stuff in that medium because uh, I am a big fan. Yeah, absolutely. I love how she drew Leia in this panel. It's it, I don't know, it captures her image very well. Mm-hmm. Um, Meg, what do you have for your art of the week? Um, well, this will surprise absolutely no one. Um, it had to be phasma related because <laughs> yes. of course it did. Um, because uh Sabine is in not enough comics and Bo Katan is in none of them. So, you know, I had to go with I had to go with this one. Um, this is from uh Age of Resistance, the Captain Phasma one shot, um, with pencils by Leonard Kirk. And I love this is like actually my favorite page in comics ever um, because this whole one shot is about this one stormtrooper who is like, Phasma, you have a name. 
you don't have a number and you you're you're different how how do i be like you um and this is where um she finally confronts her about that and um the thing that stands out to me most is that um phasma's helmet is off which is a big yeah. deal um i love this i love this comic so oh my gosh it just it makes me think about you know what if phasma had lived what if, what if we what oh, if we got God. to see her with her helmet off like uh, in the movies oh my goodness That's i mean crazy. i I would be lying if I said I didn't think about this every single day. So <laughs> I'm right there with you. Well, this was a great pick. And I believe, Caleb, we have a community submission. Exactly. This was our winner from the one and only Blind Fate. So I think I saw in the chat. This is from the uh, Dawn of the Jedi Force War, uh, art by John Dursima. Uh, this is a really, really... Uh, you know, kind of striking sort of one. And we put the uh, candle requirements in Discord and you guys really knocked it out of a park with some really good uh, options, really good picks here. I don't know. I think we were all kind of drawn to this one just because of like, you know, it shows like such a kind of a regal entrance, almost like a fine entrance. Like it's a really cool sort of thing. And I said it last time when the uh, cover art won it, I think I really need to figure out and start reading this Donna the Jedi stuff. This looks really good. Yeah, Janderson's art is always just so amazing and we are going to be talking about her for sure later on in the show so normally we would go into what we're reading but instead of doing that I really want to give Meg a chance to plug a project of hers Meg what do you got I do I do have a project uh, specifically project Stardust um so we're here tonight talking about um, women in comics, that's characters and um, writers and artists and things like that. Um, one of the things uh, that I have been working on, um, and I have a whole team, it's not just me, um, we are uh, focused on uh, making sure that uh, more underrepresented voices in the fandom are um, creating things and uh, getting their stuff out there. So um, listen, if you're... Um, if you're a straight white dude, I love you very much. Um, but this is not for you. Um, you can read all the things, um, but we are always looking for um, uh, underrepresented voices, uh, whatever that might mean for you specifically um, to to write for us. Um, you know, really anything. Just uh, yeah, we are. You know, we're just we're out here doing the things. Um, we're doing reviews. We're doing. Um, we're thinking about things. We're talking about um, things that maybe not every other Star Wars site might be talking about. So um, I, we have a team of about 30, 30 people right now, and um, they're just the greatest. They just, they don't just love Star Wars. They love, um, you know, the fans and the community and um, each other. So it is, it's a good time. And um, if you haven't checked it out, please do that because we are, um, we're all working really hard and we're really proud of what we do. That's awesome. I'm, I mean, this worked out so perfectly with our topic tonight and, and the project. I mean, it's so amazing. And I'm, I'm so happy that, that you started it because it's a great place for um, women as well as people in underrepresented uh, communities to have their voices heard. I think that's so important and, and so, so amazing. So thank you for sharing that. Of course. Um, so before we dive into our celebration of women in Star Wars comics, Let's take a quick ad break and we will be right back. All right, we are back and we are talking about women in Star Wars comics. So a big reason why we wanted to discuss this topic is that uh, comics have not necessarily been the best space for women to be in. It's been uh, negative and a little bit toxic to say the least towards women in the past and even 
a little bit currently still. Um, also, women haven't always been uh, represented the best in comics. So we wanted to shine a light on the uh, representation that Star Wars comics have. And I have to say, to kind of hint at some things that's, that's coming, uh, when I was doing some research for this show, I had no idea that there were this many women creating in Star Wars comics, and it made me so happy. It made me so, so happy, but it also made me realize that we need to sort of highlight uh, the, the creators more, not just the writers. Um, and I'm going to actually, something sparked me to change something in my sort of reading habits. And what I'm going to do from here on out is whenever I read a comic, I'm going to uh, Google every single person that works on it so I can see what I've read of theirs before and just sort of learn more about them instead of just saying, okay, here's a name, here's a name, here's a name, because I had no idea. And it's amazing the, the amount of diverse people working on Star Wars comics. So what do you guys think of, of sort of where, where we started with Star Wars comics and women? Um, you know, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give an example here. Um, our very first Utini crossover event was on uh, Shadows of the Empire. And uh, <laughs> quite literally the opposite of this event, I would say, in terms of um, treatment of women. Uh, the book was notoriously bad. Uh, the comic, however, um, was uh, focused on uh, Guri, who was like a human sort of like android and was basically pretty much naked the whole time. It was weird. Yeah. It felt kind of gross. So what do you guys think of of how how that representation has changed from then to today? Caleb, I'll start with you. Yeah, like I th I think looking remembering back on that, that was a uh, shout out to the Empire Evolution, I think is what the official yeah. title yeah. was. Yep. And I I <clears throat> I remember in the show notes, like the well, not in the show notes, like in the pre-show, we were talking about like I was asking, okay, like like how low can I realistically go without being too much of a curmudgeon? I think I've given it like the that the lowest score ever in our our show's fairly brief history of I, I gave that like a five or something like that I really panned it badly it was just you could easily tell that Guri wasn't a character it was a it was what the writer liked drawing he's like he's like I like drawing you know blonde bombshell so I'm going to make a comic starring a blonde bombshell and that was kind of unfortunately the sort of style back in the day i remember i was showing my wife this i'm like this looks terrible she's like i don't really see what's necessarily wrong with this it's a comic i'm like that's that's not a great sign that's not a great sign where you think oh yeah this is it's a comic book so of course there's going to be some sort of um you know just kind of baseness there so it's definitely it was definitely not an outlier when it was uh published and was uh created so that unfortunately uh it's taken a while but i think things are definitely uh swinging back towards a uh a more you know less away from the uh vampirillas and uh barbarillas and all like that uh to other more you know women in in outfits sort of thing women in real clothes sort of thing yeah for sure and i i think um i think today when you look at um like female superheroes for for instance they're not as scantily clad as they used to be um and a lot of that has to do with like comic book culture and how that's changed um something else that i came across uh in my in my research and i think we've talked about this on the show before um is the the idea of of uh the the women in refrigerators trope mm. in comics uh or, or fridging as as they call it um which is 
basically using women as a plot device only to benefit the male character storyline by way of some sort of a, a sexual assault or a murder or injury or something like that. Um, and unfortunately, this has happened recently in Star Wars comics, um, in Bounty Hunters. Uh, uh, I believe that that issue came out in 2020. Mm -hmm. And um, so we clearly still have some some work to do. Um, and uh, yeah, Meg, what are, what are your thoughts on this fridging trope? And, and do you think um, do you think that we've made any sort of improvements in that area? I mean, clearly, there's still plenty of room for improvement. <laughs> There, there is plenty of room to grow. Um, it, it actually surprised me last year when that issue came out. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, what was not surprising was the negative reaction to it. Um, seeing mm -hmm. a lot of um, women, especially kind of stand up and say like, no, this is not okay. This should not still be happening um, was encouraging um, just to have that reaction of like, oh, we know this should not be like this. I mean, it never should have happened, but um, to be able to, to, for women to be able to stand up together and say, we can't do this anymore is, um, you know, there's that at least. Um, I think we've come a long way. I think it's a lot less um, prominent. And I think using last year as, as an example, when it does happen, I think more people are willing to call it out, but um, yeah, there's still, we still got work to do. Yeah. yeah I, it's, it's, it's as a child of the nineties, it's, there was a certain, Women were were depicted in comics in a certain way, and mm -hmm. and those of for, for for those of you that are that are my age, I don't need to go into any further detail. And for those of you that are younger than me, you just just Google it. I I, I don't need to go into any further detail as to as to how they were depicted. But it's it's encouraging, as all of you know. I have three kids. I have I have an eleven year old and an eight year old who are very uh, in, interested in comics. Um, and it's very encouraging to see that I can share the stories of the mainline comic where Leia is front and center or Afra, who is the lead. And, and, and they're, de they're depicted in a completely different way than, than women were depicted when, when I was growing up. Um, and I'm talking about just comics in general, not necessarily Star Wars comics. So it's encouraging that, that we are starting to turn, turn around the corner. Um, you know, I will you know, take the, uh, leave it to Emma and to, and, and to Meg to tell, you know, to tell us when we've gotten to that point and, and based on, on what Emma's already laid out, we're, we're not there yet. Um, but I think that there, there's been a lot of progress that we've been made that we've been making since the nineties. And it's, it's encouraging as a, as a, as a dad to be able to see that I, I don't have to, comics aren't PG 13 anymore. And, you know, I can really share them with my kids and, and, and really allow them to read that and see strong characters like Afra and, and, and Leia, um, you know, Ray's not, not featured as much in, in, in the mainline comics, but, uh, but, you know, having the movies where, where she's featured, it's, 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 it's nice from a, from a parental pr perspective to be able to, to be able to show that to my kids. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. I mean, it is so important to show women being treated how they, should be, you know, in a respectful manner. And I think having media like comics do that in this day and age is so important. So that's great to hear. Exactly. It's nice that we don't have to be embarrassed about certain aspects of our hobby, you know? That's a good word. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. So that's kind of the negative side of, of, of comics in the, in the past and a little bit current. Um, but here's some positive for you. More original characters nowadays in this era of Star Wars comics are women. 
That's incredible. I mean, I feel like I opened up a Star Wars comic and uh, there's at least one original woman character or even some legacy characters. I mean, Leia's in so, so many things and she's always written really well. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to talk about six major original to comics female characters, uh, but there are many more who play some sort of role. Like they're they're not even just main characters. There's a lot of side characters that are really awesome that are women. and uh, of course, you know, we have more writers and artists that are women. You know, I mentioned that I was shocked at how many women have worked on Star Wars comics. And uh, like I also said earlier, you know, they deserve the spotlight too, for sure. So Jacob, I believe that you were recently reading the Forces of Destiny comic. And uh, yeah, that's kind of centered around, uh, you know, female characters and, and is a sort of a way for girls to, or anyone really, to sort of get into, uh, into Star Wars. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, so I mean, it's been like a month or two, but yeah, I've I read the through the the Forces of Destiny. You can buy it as a trade paperback. It's like a multimedia project. So there's shorts on Disney Plus. Uh, there were like uh, dolls, and then there were comics. So there, I think there's one on, oh boy, uh, Rose and Paige, Tico, uh, Ray, Leia, um, Padme, Padme, I think. Padme and Ahsoka, yeah. um, and then I yeah, think and Hera had one too. Hera, I think that was all five of them. But yeah, it's yeah. like a really fun, cool story. And I, we were talking, Em and I were talking the other day about, you know, the, the show. I was like, uh, when they're shooting on the living force, they mentioned this brief. I'm like, okay, we should probably mention this. Cause it's, it's great that we have women writing and we have women creator or writing creators, same thing, women creators, women characters, but we also want the avenue for young girls to get into star Wars. Cause star Wars is for people of all ages. And it's great that we have a, Something that young girls can get into, like Tyler was saying, you know, as a parent, it's yeah, you want to kind of be watchful over what your kid is consuming. But I think these are great stories to share with them, to get them into the universe and show them some great female role models and female characters. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely recommend them, and they're they're fun to check out, even if you are you know not a young girl. So I, I think they're quality comics. It's just like the IDW stuff; you don't have to be a kid to read it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. Man, if I had those shorts and these comics when I was a little girl, I would have flipped my lid. Oh yeah. Meg, what what if what would like little six-year-old Meg have thought of this? <laughs> I mean, really the only character I remember ever really like looking up to is Leia because that's really all we had. Yeah. And like I if we would have had, you know, comics and books and all these things, like I would have lost my mind for sure. Um yeah. I I'm so happy for all the little girls who are here now and uh, will be someday um, who have, who can get into star Wars and find all these female characters that they can be like, I, I want to be Hera. I want to be Sabine. I want to be all these uh, women that I love um, and they can start, you know, start them early. And uh, that's, that's here now. That wasn't there before. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not that old, but like, even, even then it wasn't. So. Yeah. And I mean, let's see, the force awakens came out when I was, 14. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first time I had seen myself in Star Wars. But yeah. I mean, obviously, I looked up to Leia and I looked up to Padme, but they didn't feel like, you know, they were attainable, you know, a, a female character with with some sort of, uh, you know, major visible flaws. And uh, man, it was just so special. And that's exactly mm-hmm. why representation is important. I mean, um, so Force of Destiny is a great, great pathway for that. So moving on to um, create uh, or talk about creators. So, um, 
women have a huge impact on storytelling in comics nowadays with um, artwork and also writing. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they bring a much more inclusive perspective um, where women are sort of represented in a better manner than in the past. It's easier to avoid the fridging if you have women in the room saying, mm. hey, that's not so good. We should take yeah. that out. Um, and that's really, you know, that's important. So uh, we're going to discuss a bunch of creators here. And this is by no means an, an extensive list. There are seriously so many more creators than we're going to talk about here today. I was overwhelmed by how many I found. So I picked some of the, the uh, bigger names today that people will recognize and have read and uh, looked at some of their work. Um, so Meg, you have the first group of, of creators here. Why don't you go down uh, through their names and what they've worked on? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I will do my best with these names. I did not practice how to say them. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and we have, um, we have Elsa um, Sheratier, who um, is both an artist and a writer, um, mainly on uh, the Forces of Destiny comics. Uh, so we talked about those. Um, so we have her. Um, Oh, and we have um, the wonderful Delilah S. Dawson, who, um, you know, I love for, for many reasons uh, that I may have mentioned already on the show once or twice. Um, <laughs> she has been a, um, a writer on some of the um, Star Wars Adventures comics, which is fantastic. Yeah, um, did you see the picture that I picked for her, Meg? She's holding up a phasma helmet. Yes, I, so cool. I'm so happy. I'm so, I'm just, I'm going to take a minute. I'm just going to really enjoy it. <laughs> Um, and then we also have um, Mary Jo Duffy, who way back in the day um, was a writer on um, Star Wars uh, 1977 um, for some of the issues toward the end of that run. So good for her. Yeah, I was amazed um, that that she was writing in the 77 series. Yeah. That's that's incredible. Yeah. And I really want to catch up on that. I've been kind of working through that series. I want to get nice. to those issues that she's written because... Uh, that's amazing. So, I mean, she wrote like, uh, I mean, she has it as issue 70 to the end, which is 37 issues. Oh, yeah, 37 crap. out of 107. That's, I mean, that's not a small amount either. So it's a oh, yeah. pretty yeah, big she must contribution. Have done a, a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tyler, who do we have next? Yeah, I've got three more names here. I've got Jody Hauser. She was is a writer for the Age of Republic, uh, the TIE Fighter comic, uh, the Thrawn adaption, and the Rogue One adaption. Um, and then, of course, uh, we have Justina Ireland, who um, is a writer for many things. But from a comics perspective, she wrote War of the Bounty Hunter, Jabba the Hutt, uh, which is probably the best. Maybe Bausch might be might be uh, right up there with it as the best sort of single comic that we've had in the, uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters. And look, and then look, also, what do you know? Bausch also written by a woman we're going to talk about later. So there you go. There, there you it go. is. <laughs> and then uh, she also wrote The High Republic, The Edge of Balance. Um, and then also Marjorie Liu, who is also a writer, and she wrote the Star Wars Han Solo comic. So uh, pretty much every gamut of, uh, of of Star Wars comics is, uh, you know, it has some sort of wo woman representation in it. It's, it's really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just a quick side note, Justina Ireland is one of my favorite authors in all of Star Wars books or comics. And I really hope she gets a chance to do more comics because 
she did a really great job with uh, both the manga and uh, the War of the Bounty Hunters job. She's, the yeah, she's on the annual for Star Wars Adventures because everyone is. Yes. And then I, I want to, was she on Life Day Treasury? I want to say she, I, she? I, I, I want to, I know Jody Hauser was, I remember that, that light bulb went off when Tyler's talking about her earlier, uh, but I want to say she, Justine Ireland might be as well. Oh, if she I, is, I can, that is exciting. I can look that up real quick <laughs> while well, you guys keep going. Yeah, sure. Um, so I have the, the next three here. Um, we have Sam Maggs, who uh, is a writer on uh, issues of Star Wars Adventures. And I was shocked, actually, when I was uh, researching her work, um, that the recently announced Knights of the Old Republic uh, remake, she is a writer on that game. This is unbelievably important. I know that you know we're not we don't talk about video games on this show. However, it is key to note that this is huge, 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 huge news. Um, unfortunately, she's already gotten some backlash for it. But does that surprise anyone? Unfortunately, not. However, I am really looking forward to seeing what she uh, what she does on that. And uh, I haven't gotten to our Star Wars Adventures issues yet, but uh, I was looking at some of the reviews for them. And everybody says that she's just an awesome writer. Yeah. And to confirm, yes, Justina Ireland and um, Jody Hauser are helping out on the Life Day uh, one shot. So there yes. you go. Oh, that's great news. Okay. We got more to, more to look forward to from them. That's great. All right. So uh, next up, we have Kelly Thompson, who wrote the Captain Phasma series. So uh, Meg, I know that uh, you know her work very well. I do. <laughs> That was a great series, by the way. It was. amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, that cover art, too. Look at that. That's amazing. Oh, we love some Captain Phasma here. Yes, we do. Um, And then last up on our list uh, is Alyssa Wong, who wrote uh, or is currently writing Dr. Afra 2020. That's still going on and wrote the uh, one shot, uh, the the Bausch uh, issue today. And she did a fantastic job. yeah, it's just great. When she was announced that she, when it was announced that she was writing uh, the new Doctor Afra series, I was really excited because um, having a, an Asian woman write uh, Doctor Afra, who is also an Asian woman in Star Wars, that must have meant so much to her. Um, and so I, I was really, really excited um, for her to to get that opportunity. So uh, those were just the writers, people. We have artists as well. So Caleb, let's uh, let's have you kick it off with a, a huge name here. Absolutely, this one we actually mentioned her earlier. It's Jen Dersima, uh, and she's done a lot of really great work mm-hmm. in the uh, the old uh, Dark Horse uh, Star Wars Republic and in the Star Wars Legacy series, as much as already a lot of uh, the other uh, Star Wars projects, like as we said, the uh, Star Wars of uh, what was it? Uh, the Dawn of the Jedi, like uh, just some really great artwork from her. Plus, mm. you know, not to get too pedantic, but like even her name sounds like a Star Wars character. You know, like it's, it's like <laughs> she's like a perfect fit for this universe. So the more we can get with from her, the better it's gonna be. Yeah, um, and and actually, you know, fun tidbit here with uh, you know, she helped create the look of Ayla Sakura and Quinlan Boss. Exactly. And, and I remember and, hearing about uh, you know, when they were doing Revenge of the Sith, um, and they were talking about the order 66 scene and they were talking about like what jedi they wanted to see get killed off and george was like oh i like that that girl from the comics you know put her in there she's good yeah she's cool a pitch perfect george uh, lucas there and plus you 
and it, not to get too pedantic, but also like Quinlan Voss, like I distinctly, I'm always been a fan of his. I haven't read his comic series, but just because he, the way he looks, his design, yeah. you can take one look and like, I want to read more of you. You, you, you should be in your own series. Yeah, it's like, okay, this guy is a badass, and we know that just from his look. It's so iconic. Yeah, and she's like, you know, she's mostly known for Legends, but she has been able to do a few High Republic variant covers as of late, so it's nice to get her back around and involved with Star Wars comics again. Yeah, get her get her toes back wet with the uh, new canon here. Um, after that one, uh, next on the list is Annalisa Leone. She's a colorist. She's done a lot of work with the High Republic, just a lot of really, like the High Republic has been such a great uh, field of wonderful, uh, you know, colors and visuals. So it's great when we bring in more people so we get to see fun colors, like lots of popping. Like the High Republic has been really overabundant with great, great color and great, great artists. That's uh, that's one of the highlights, I think, of the High Republic yeah. book is, is really how the colors pop and and really they get to showcase the 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 dress of the, you know the jedi and and all their regalness and i mean yeah the color she was featured and that i featured in my art of the week was uh was something that she had was was a part of so yeah one of the highlights of, of the high republic comics is is are, are all the colors that are used uh in, not in just drab brown guys <laughs> it's not just Brad Brown. All right, next up on the list is Megan Levins. Uh, she's an artist and she's done a lot of various work with Star Wars Adventures. And Star Wars Adventures is always a great place to go because you never, you know, to quote Forrest Gump, you never know what you're going to get. You're always going to get something good because, but, you know, I feel like uh, Star Wars Adventures has a lot wider range to do different styles and different, like, you know, uh, ways of you know, writing comics and showing them on the page. So it's really great that we got, you know, let her kind of flex her muscles there. Um, I don't remember off the tip of my tongue if I if we talked about any of her show ones when we did the uh, Republic Adventures uh, episode of ours. Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, well. Uh, um, maybe, on our, maybe on our follow-up of Star Wars Adventures, the back half. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think, maybe she's done the more recent issues i kind of want to say it's it's hard to keep track of because the art like it is there's a new writer like every issue basically and there are two writers per issue at least so it, it's you know it's a little bit of a a, a, a jumbled mess of, of creators so yeah for sure but you know what the art is in star wars adventures is always so spot on so whatever she's done it's been great <laughs> uh jacob i believe you have the next round of artists here Yes. Uh, so first up, we have uh, Giada Marchisio, who is the colorist for uh, Target Vader. Uh, she's working on the current Darth Vader run, and uh, she's also on the upcoming Trail of Shadows uh, miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some some great work there. Uh, Target Vader was a really f- um, the because uh, the one shot is the one with like you know the most iconic Star Wars like panel of all time. The I'm surrounded by nothing but fear and dead men. It's like. I mean, it's a little over. To be honest, a little overused internet. Chill out. There are other cool Star Wars panels out there, but like, I mean, <laughs> great to great to have her on. Like, you know, one of the most known Star Wars comics panels. Yeah, of all yeah time. and the art mm-hmm. in, in Target totally. Vader was like really iconic too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, love that stuff. And then, uh, uh, j- sorry, just minor correction. Uh, Philip, I've been watching too much. Um, actually, uh, the panel you're talking about, Jacob, was from Vader Down. Oh God, that's right. 
It's still okay. a cool tar- panel. Target, Vader, yeah. target Vader's, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, don't, don't add us Twitter slash whatever. online. Just, <laughs> but right. it's, it, Target Vader does have a lot of like similar moments. This is true. Uh, you know, a, a bit, you know, one of the first times we really, well, not the first time, one of the main first times, whatever, that you see Valence after like the Han Solo stuff. Oh, so. oh that's exactly. true. That's now, true yeah. Valence's reintroduction. Also, you have a, a, a Tuscan uh, woman uh, sniper. She's not actually Tuscan, spoilers. Uh, but, you know, that's a cool character because you see them for all three seconds in Attack the Clones, and it's a really cool design. Um, oh, and it has one of the most, uh, memorable issues of a comic i've ever read before with the um vader's nurse but she kept like stealing like, oh no that that that's um dark, that's dark visions <laughs> oh yes that was a horror compilation where there's you, just so uh, much Vader yeah, stuff it was it was essentially um it's harley quinn essentially yeah this is it, this is just <laughs> the cosmic force realizing there are way too many vader miniseries that have come out in the yes. past like three years <laughs> I was about Dude. to compliment her on on how well the art was was drawn. It was very unsettling. Yeah, it, it did it, it, it did the job. It is. We can give her credit anyways, though. Right. She deserves it. I'm sure. Anyways, <laughs> moving on, we got Rebecca Nalty, who is known for the much loved. Uh, she's a colorist for the High Republic Adventures line right now, and Clone Wars Battle Tales, which are both fantastic miniseries. Yeah, two well, heavy hitters. Yeah. I've not got around to Battle Tales yet, but I've heard nothing but good things, and like that cover for that is so iconic. Uh, but yeah, great work there. I love the art on the Higher Public Adventures. Is the art and the writing on that book is way better than it has any right to be for a you know a, a tar- comic targeted at children. It is amazing and still my favorite thing in the Higher Public right now. So yeah, great to have her working on that, and then. Mm-hmm. Lastly, for me, we have uh, Valentina Pinto, who is another uh, great addition to the Star Wars Adventures uh, stable of creators. Yeah, I love how Star Wars Adventures has a plethora of of women creators. That's great. It's that cover's cool. cool. Yeah, it's cool because like the the model of that of of, of the um, just how that uh, series is published is you're allowed to take some risks. You can bring in lesser known writers and lesser known artists and have them do kind of whatever they want because you're not locked down to a timeline mm. it's only gonna be tops half of two issues so like they have a little bit more free reign to to mess around and get some you know brings people in that can uh do something different than what we're used to so yeah yeah that's awesome so we have three more artists here meg take it away i i shall um we have pamela rambo cool name who- by the way Exactly. I, I read it so many times and I'm like, I love it. Um, known for Tales of the Jedi and um, a lot of other dark horse uh, Star Wars comics. Um, and then, oh, I lost it. No. Um, Rachel Rosenberg, um, who worked on Dr. Afra 2016, which is a which is a fantastic comic and one of the only comics that I've read from beginning to end i'm not gonna lie but it's it's just that good um and um also for um she also worked on rogue one uh the rogue one comic and um many many more things um and okay there we go i'm fine we're good <laughs> um um and we have our artist for um, 
monster at Temple Peak, um, which is uh, Rachel Scott. Yes, not to be confused with Kevin Scott. Every time we <laughs> we we talk about Monster of Temple Peak, it's like written by Kevin Scott, art by Rachel Scott, and it's like no Whoa. relation. <laughs> <laughs> Her art in this is incredible, you guys. So and the good. way that she draws it's Ty so Yorick, good. there's like there's just like so much motion in her. Like I don't know what you call those on on Thelothians. Uh, it's not like, oh. like you, but you know her head things. Yeah. Yeah, it's just wonder. She does it just perfectly, and it's amazing. Uh, just the the monsters that she draws too. I mean, you must have to have an insane amount of creativity just flowing through your body to come up with a Star Wars creature. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so those were uh, a bunch of creators. Again, like I said, there are so so many more. I highly recommend. Um, just looking up the creators of the comic that you're reading. It's, it's, you know, I think we would all be surprised at how many women are working on what we're reading today. And, and it's so, so important, like I mentioned, to have um, women in the room. All right. So next, let's talk about original women characters from comics. So let's start with probably the most well-known one, uh, the most uh, iconic and chaotic character, that is Dr. Afra, the one and only. She's a rogue archaeologist. We talk about her a ton, and uh, it's for a good reason. You know, she's a complex character that's very well written. She's also very well drawn as well. And she just has so many iconic moments in this series. I mean, she has uh, not just this series. I mean, she's shown up in, you know, the Star Wars mainline and in. in 2015 and War of the Bounty Hunters and some Darth Vader stuff. And I'm not going to try to say the year because again, there's so many Vader and <laughs> um, just so, so many good things. Like, you know, she has this, uh, you know, she's got triple zero, which she has a great banter with anybody that you put Dr. Afro with, she's going to have a great banter with because she's just witty and hilarious. She has so much life experience, um, you know, with archeology span getting into mischief and all of that good stuff. So I want to, I'm going to start with, with Jacob on this question. What do you think is, are the aspects of her character that translates so well into comics? Man, uh, wow. Um, I think she brings a, an element of, of chaos to the comics that is, you know, much appreciated and much needed because, you know, with, the I guess the current timeline, not counting the High Republic stuff, you have Vader, and not counting the event stuff. I'm not even getting into that. Vader, bounty hunters, Afra, and Star Wars, and three of them are kind of like very serious most of the time, which are cool and enjoyable. But it's nice to have something that shakes it up a little bit. So Afra can also be very serious and have some pretty strong like emotional moments. But the fact that you get to the, she's like the Jar Jar in a good way like uh, uh of the comics universe because she brings that levity and that balance to what can be a, at times a very heavy heavy storytelling so yeah i love her she yeah i i mean it was like when we were talking about this this uh this episode i was like all right we need to avoid talking about afra for the entire episode because it's very <laughs> easy to do so she's a very likable character we've done an entire episode on vader we we've talked about today how many stupid ridiculous amount of vader miniseries there are we could talk we could do a whole episode about afra just in general if we wanted to yeah for sure tyler do you have any thoughts on on her character traits that that makes her such an iconic comics character 
I, I really think it's it's her humor and it's it's depicted in a way that you know it's coupled she is one of those characters that stands out in comics because when you mirror or when you marry the writing and the art it works so perfectly because she has this I, I, I can't even, you know, it's debonairness of like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know what I'm doing all the time. And e- even if I'm winging it, I know that I'm winging it. I know that I'm going to work. And it just it works. And and it's it's her sense of humor. She brings so much levity to, to the scene that it's I, I've got to imagine I'm not an artist myself, but it's, I've got to imagine it must be fun to draw her character in all the crazy situations that, that, that she's been in. Um, and I really feel like she is the character that kind of works well in, into any sort of, you can throw her in any situation and she'll figure out a way to, to not only get, get, get a lay of the land, but kind of sort of, uh, you know, figure out a way that, you know, to work it to her benefit. Absolutely. Like to be a little cliche here, like one of the big things that I really like about Afra is that her story isn't written. We don't know what the end of Afra is. We know what the right. end of Darth Vader is, and we know what the end of Han and Luke and Leia is. But with Afra, we don't know. So when she comes on the screen, this is going to sound so bad. Like she makes you want to turn the page because every page you're like, oh, she's digging. She's keep going. She's getting in more trouble. She's getting in more trouble. Surely she'll nope more trouble. Like every single page turn, you're like, oh, this is getting like it's a new and exciting sort of path that she's taking you down. And as a due to her chaoticness, they can go from location to location and it doesn't feel like she's jumping around too much. So definitely a lot of energy in that and makes you want to, as I keep turning that page. Meg, what do you think about Afra? Is, is she, uh, you said that you read the entire uh, series and it's one of the, the only series that you've read like every single issue of. So you must, you must enjoy her. For sure. Um, she works so well in comics because she's just over the top all the time, every single panel she's in, um, which is good um, because that, it's just a great way to showcase like who she is, which is like she deals with her emotions in sometimes the worst possible ways. Um, and she's yeah. reckless and doesn't think through anything. And um, yeah, that's just the perfect comic book character because you just don't know what she's going to do next. And that is why. I read the entire series because I mean, I've read other series too, but like you, uh, like Caleb said, you just keep turning pages because you just want to know like what it can it get any more chaotic than it already is? And the answer is usually yes. Yes, it can. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and so another great thing, I mean, obviously, you know, we're talking about women in, in, in comics today, but there, there's so many other forms of representation that are extremely important. And Dr. Afra embodies representation she is a woman, she is Asian, and she is part of the LGBTQ community. And in fact, uh, the, the Dr. Afra comic series, uh, the 2016 one, uh, won the GLAAD award for best comics character. Uh, so that is amazing. So that award is for um, LGBTQ representation. So that's incredible that a Star Wars character won that award. I mean, that's just gotta mean a lot to, to so, so many people. And, and I mean, we say it all the time, representation, it's just, it's really important. It's so mm-hmm. important. Yeah. All right. So speaking of representation is important. We have another very awesome character here. Um, Tyler, why don't you kick it off? 
Yes, the character that I'm talking about is, of course, Sana Staros. Uh, she was introduced as Han Solo's quote-unquote wife in the mainline comic, <laughs> uh, but she's obviously been uh, involved with Afra, including all the way up to the current run of Afra books uh, through the War of the Bounty Hunter arc. Uh, she's actually also crossed over into the books. She was re- she was featured in Last Shot by Daniel Jose Older. And uh, I want to toss this question over to Jacob. Why do you? We, why do we think that Sana, of all the characters that start in comics, why do we think that Sana is the one that has crossed over as frequently as she has? That's tough. I, I mean, I, from a story perspective, it makes sense because she, you know, has connections with everyone. She has histories with Han and with Lando and with Afra. So you know, it makes sense to see her around a lot I, it, she's a very fun character to be able to you know to to see i think she's the especially with her relationship with afra she's the only one that can put up with her shit uh <laughs> like it's like yes okay so okay afra like we get it move let's like we're moving on uh so yeah i think she balances out the chaotic energy that afra's putting out theirs and that makes it makes it you know that's a that's a tough act to, to, to keep up so uh she's a very fun character I love her ship. One of the coolest ship designs I've seen in the in the comics. Um, yeah, I I enjoy. I think she's enjoyable every time she shows up. I don't think I've ever had a issue where she. I'm like, ah, eh, Sana Staros. Like she she's she's always. Yeah, I I think she's been pretty well used. Uh, which is every single time, which is surprising again for how many times she's been used in the comics that we've never like had a misstep with her. Yeah, absolutely, Meg. What are your thoughts on Sana? I mean. This picture of her, by the way, so badass and cool. <laughs> I think that was from the Pride cover, right? I think so, too. It, oh, yeah, it looked so. very recent to me. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, a perfect character to put alongside Afra. Um, they need each other, and they also need to stay as far away from each other as possible. I just... <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect description. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? It's crazy, though. That made me think. Like, They are so similar to each other. <laughs> that they need to stay away from each yes, other please but they also need to be together but they yeah. also need to stay away from each other. it's like yeah it's like that back and forth and that's what makes their their sort of relationship really fun i mean exactly i remember when i was reading um and i was reading last shot and it's like sana staro shows up i was like what this is nuts oh yeah and you know i want that you know i, I want that for afra you know oh man you know it'd be cool to like get a book with them together i mean get that chaotic energy into books you know comics we we have a ton of chaotic energy let's 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 bring it over let's bring it over to books we need some more chaotic energy right it's not exactly the same but we do have the audiobook which again is an Uh, adaptation of the comics but yeah yeah, we get some more some more vader i can um Oh, and trip you finally get to hear Triple Zero's voice. Hint, hint, it's not a deep version of Anthony Daniels. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> but yeah, that's also a great thing if you like Afro, by the way. If you haven't yeah. checked that out, please do. Oh yeah. The audio drama was a lot of fun. Now here's my quick, you know, you know, five cent question. Who's gonna make it into like the video game world first? Do you think it's gonna be uh Stanisaros or do you think it's gonna be Dr. Afra? I don't know if any of them will. Like, I just, I don't know what to expect with Star Wars video games now. It's like, I expect a Jedi Fallen Order 2. I don't see any of these characters showing up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, 
maybe, maybe Afro shows up as like a hero character in like the next Battlefront game. That's like the only thing I can think of because I don't see mm-hmm. a natural entry point for any of them in the stories that we at least can rel- like relatively easily see coming out. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that like, okay, if we're just talking about our dreams here, I would say that like a uh, like a like a Tomb Raider game with Ooh. starring Afra, but oh. making Star Wars. Like, give me that, please. Like, pretty mm-hmm. please. I would want that. But also, I mean, you know, if you think about like uh, TV, I mean, there's definitely some opportunities for these characters to show up in live action, and that would be mind blowing. I mean, what if uh, what if Afra showed up in you know the Mando, Mando, Se- Mando season three. Uh, uh, she, she's imagine? a perfect character to to have yeah. a just random run in with with oh any God. of the characters in in Mandalorian. That would be so awesome if we could see her in 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 that. Or I, I guess Andor would probably be a little too early for that. But yeah, mm-hmm. she's that that's she's got the perfect job, the perfect way to be able to. Just have a cameo where where she yeah. you know they run into her in the cantina and mm-hmm. she's there and then she's you know off maybe Sana's there thing. with her too yeah, oh my gosh that'd be so cool I want it I want Ooh. it too or maybe Mando needs a ride because his you know, Razor Crest was gone oh. he needs a ride so he goes and he he goes up to to the cantina there's Afra and Sana in her really cool ship which I can never remember oh, the, the name Volt of Volt Cobra there Cobra. it is wow. the Volt Cobra nice good memory. <laughs> It's because we, we've been in this situation like three or four it times. Happens so a like lot. It's, it's burned <laughs> in my memory, just like uh, just like fi- it's right next to figuring Nan and the Moldal nodes. It's figuring like Dan. You know, figuring Dan and Mold nodes. Like it's not something that's ever going to be relevant, but it's here and it's not leaving. Yeah, Good, because I think we've had to Google it mid-show like three times, which oh, is weird because it's it's one of the coolest ships I've ever seen. I, so I was just thinking of this for I uh, wanted to maybe show up in uh, Star Wars television. I would love to see like because we have the Ahsoka show coming up soon. Like mm. Ahsoka needs to go on some mission somewhere, and she calls up Luke and it's like, "Luke, I need I need a partner." He's like, "Look, she's a huge pain in the ass, but like Doctor Aphra is the one you need, and you have oh, like God, good yes. luck." <laughs> like, like she almost sold me to space vampires this one time. It did happen. Sorry, she did sell me to space vampires, but you know. And there were bugs and I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> Some and halfway through the arc changed. All right. Um, we do have a n- couple of our characters that we probably should talk about here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Next up is Magna Tolvin, not Manga Tolvin, Magna Tolvin. She is the kind of, it is a little, maybe a little sad that a lot of these great characters are just people that are pinging off of Dr. Afra, but she is, a great character herself for those not to know she's an imperial uh, agent or imperial lieutenant who often was introduced in the afro series and cast serves as kind of a foil but mainly the love interest you know who's bouncing her attraction to afra for some reason i don't know what she would see in afra but uh in versus her service to the empire so she's a she's kind of a really fun character because she's a very you know sana staros and and Dr. Afra kind of played together pretty well in destructive ways. Meanwhile, uh, Tolvin's a very, she's a very like uh, direct sort of person, very straight back, you know, very imperial, very regulation focused. So like when her and Afra get together, there's a lot of like sparks there and that's always fun to see. So, you know, it does, it look like it, she's um, 
you know, there's some like debate on where she's like fully loyal to the empire because she can't swap sides, but there's a lot more to it than that. Like, what are your guys' thoughts on her? Is she just doing some, is she just like the sort of person who just needs a place to belong or, you know, was she an imperial, is she still like a true blood imperial all the way through? I mean, I think that her character is really cool in that I don't think we'll, ever really know her true intentions I think I think sometimes when you're part of an organization like the empire or the first order who really strips away your like personality and sort of your own freedoms you sort of look for things like love and I think you know I think that that storyline with her and afro was really great um because definitely it's it's like the enemies to lovers type of trope and that's that's always a fun trope yeah, and like the way their relationship changes and manipulates, and then when Afra sometimes drops entire nuclear bombs on their relationship, it's really, really cool. And like to see her like transition as the series goes on and see her like, you know, like she very easily could have been, for lack of a better term, like the love interest of Dr. Afra. That could have been her character, is she's, mm-hmm. you know, Afra's, you know, you know, girlfriend but she's not she has a lot more going on with her like whatever organization she finds herself in she rises to the top because she's brutally competent and really good at regulations and keeping things nice and organized and it's almost like a counter to Afrin that Afra's chaoticness is what kicks her out of all these organizations and why she can never find a home while Tolvin and her um and essentially like the stick up her butt like lets her go into like these various you know you know, like the empire and rise up the ranks pretty quickly because she's good at following orders and getting things done as in a way that people like it getting done one of the things it, I, it, it, yeah go ahead i was yeah i was real quick like one of my favorite moments with her is without spoiling anything there's a really great emotional payoff at the very end of the first afro series with uh tolvin uh afro's father and vulata i think is her name uh, just like mm, the yeah. end just kind of like coming together and just more or less just emotionally dealing with everything that Afra has gotten them Jumped through or them. well it, part of it is pushed them through and then part of it is like gotten them through on the other side it, it's it's a very interesting kind of look into I guess more complicated like loving relationships where like you know you have family that you might love but they might not always do the best by you but you still have a soft spot for them i feel like that's kind of like what is embodied in all these characters at the end of the arc and it is i i think a, a very big payoff for what it was a very off the wall story in a good way uh mm-hmm. for 40 issues it just comes to like if you if you know if you told me like if you had me guess how that series would have ended, I wouldn't think it'd be on an emotional beat. I'll, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, you know it was kind of like the highlights in this series of just how well the story is like began, middle, and ended, and how like the character arc was true to all the characters, but you felt like everything came together in a really really strong way. Yeah, I, I think something that's really unique about this character is like when we first meet her, you know, she seems like this very typical sort of imperial you know, by the books you know everything that she does is for the benefit of the empire so she's very traditional in that way but the look of her character is very non-traditional like how, did we ever find out what that is like around her neck like did she get injured it, i think it, i saw it's cybernetics but i don't think they ever explained like why she has the cybernetics and up 
upper skin and arm, yeah. her arms. I, I like that she looks very unique like that. I think I think it brings something more to the character that, um, you know, it makes us sort of wonder, like, you know, does something horrible happen to her in the Empire that makes her want to get out or, you know, find something in Afra that she doesn't have in, um, uh, in, in the Empire and yeah i think she's a very cool character for sure yeah it's definitely on the look it's it's a big step up from like we're talking earlier with the 90s where every woman Mm -hmm. has to look a certain way now you have characters that are you know can be women and can be confident great strong characters that don't have to look like they're a model like they can just they can be them and that is okay Mm. yeah oh i love i love that you said that that's a great point i mean this is like the complete opposite of like Guri from, you know, Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. Like, you know, she only has her face showing. I think that's wonderful. I, I think it's great to show that, you know, it's okay. You don't have to, you know, be the perfect Americanized version of what everybody thinks a woman should look like, you know? All right. So we have a few more characters here that are original to the comics. Um, the next one that we have that Jacob's going to talk about um, was brought up recently in one of our roundtables. Jacob, who is it? This is Queen Trios from Shutorun. Honestly, one of my favorite comics characters. Like, I, I definitely... I, She's so I, good. Yeah. Like, it's a super cool, like, basically inversion, what if Leia was bad kind of thing. Yeah. And... She's introduced in such a cool way with the Darth Vader series, and she goes on to play an important role in the Star Wars series. And I just like her character and her planet are such interesting new takes in Star Wars that I, I yeah, one of my favorites. You know, Emma, I know you are our, our resident number one Leia fan. How you know? How do you enjoy or you know not enjoy? Like, what what are your take? On, what's your take on the evil Leia? Yeah, so I definitely, I I know I it's very clear that they were trying to go for a Leia vibe here. Just when you're looking at her alone, like if I imagine what Leia would look like if she was like Queen of Alderaan or something, like say Alderaan never, you know, was blown up or whatever. This is like what she would look like to me. And get um, Death Star. Yeah, get Death Star. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Caleb's wearing his Death Star tie. Oh, um, I think uh, I think. I think she's put in a, in a, in a tough position. Like, yeah, you know, uh, everybody wants her resources and, and it's like, who do you give them to? And, and then there's sort of like this all out war. I think, I think we can also tell that she's sort of debating on what side she's going to take, um, especially in like mutiny at Moncala. She's helping uh, out the rebels, but then she decides to, you know, kind of turn tail there. I think she's an incredibly interesting character and, and, um, you know, she got punched in the face by Leia. That's a that's a rare honor, or not so rare, I guess. But it is an honor, and not to uh, sound overly sappy here, but I think it's that less that we're trying to see Queen Trios here as an evil Leia, as more of a Leia who has never slash has lost all hope. Mm. Oh, that's good. I can see that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, she yeah she's really really cool. Meg, have you read anything with Queen Trios in it? I haven't, but um, now I absolutely have to because I'm sitting here just like listening. It's like I almost can't believe that uh, this character exists. Um, it, I'm so happy. <laughs> it really is. Now, keep in mind, she first shows up, I think, in the Darth Vader annual, 
Mm -hmm. That's where we first see her. So don't just read all of the mainline Star Wars series. Uh, Well, (laughs) yes, you should, but read like uh, one of the uh, Darth Vader annuals first that she appears in. And and then I believe she's featured in pretty heavily in the second run of Darth Vader comics. Um, Mm. After after Aphra steps out. That whole arc, yeah, that whole arc is like the the, the war show ton or or something along those lines. Shooterun, yeah. Yeah, Shooterun. And and she's featured pretty heavily in, in, in that arc. Which is a very interesting planet, by the way, Meg. It's like it's like Mustafar, but it produces like extremely valuable resources for shipbuilding, and she rules the whole planet. It's equal oh, parts man. Mustafar and equal parts Edwardian uh, England with the balls and 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 dancing in noble houses. Yes, they are very fancy there. I so, so if you want to see Wars. a minor, just a minor amount of Jane Austen in your uh, in your Star Wars, there's a little <laughs> bit of it there please yes okay i'm going to send meg uh her wikipedia page um when we end the show because um this means that she's gonna that meg's also gonna read mutiny among kala which is my favorite thing uh, in star wars there you can go back and listen to our roundtable on it and listen to yell about it that that's that's just your goal is to make sure everybody reads reads that that uh that trade paperback of course, that yes, is my she, mission on this show. That's the only reason yes. why I agreed to do this this entire show, <laughs> The Cosmic Force as a whole. It's just to get everybody to read Mutiny Moncala. She has Mutiny at Moncala. I have Lando. You know, what are your two, you know, hills you'll die on? Yeah, I know. I know Meg's hill is, is Phasma for sure. Mm-hmm. And, 100%. Uh, I don't have a great transition for this, but um, speaking of awesome, badass women, uh meg who is uh, the character you're going to talk about that transition is great i'm so proud of it um thank you <laughs> segway might sue <laughs> it took me a second <laughs> um we have Sharabe, who is a key member of the rebellion a fabulous a-wing pilot and 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 Poe Dameron's mother. I almost said wife. Nope. Mother. <laughs> no, oh. this is not nope. Oedipus. What's, no. What's that Oedipus? God, you beat me to <laughs> it. Poe Dameron's mother. Yeah, Sharabe is so awesome. She's been in the, the recent run, the, the 2020 Star Wars mainline as part of Starlight Squadron. She's actually played like a pretty big part in, uh, it, well, before War of the Bounty Hunters, I guess. Um, yeah, she's an amazing character, and uh, I know, like, you know, Kess, her husband, you know, was part of the Pathfinders on Endor, who you know, invaded the uh, the bunker uh, there, and um, yeah, we first meet her in um, Shattered Empire, which is, like, one of, like, the, I would say, Star Wars comics community's, like, favorite Star Wars comics, because it fills, well, it doesn't fill a gap, really, but it, it tells a great story. Right after the uh, the Ewok celebration, you know what happens when, uh, when all those helmet drums are cleaned up, and uh, mm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's great stuff. Um, and, and also, I don't know if any, I know Meg has, but if anybody's read a uh, Poe Dameron Freefall, that book, it has a little bit of Shara, more way more cast than than Shara, but we do get a, a little bit of Shara content there, and. I mean, it's amazing to see actually like throughout even like the Poe comics, like we clearly see that Poe gets all of his talents from Shara, all of his flying skills because she's such a darn good pilot. Second only to the Darth Vader comic. This is 
the storyline that I'm most excited to get back to once we mm. get through with uh, War of the Bounty Hunter. Um, yeah. Where we left this off in, in the mainline comic. Mainline comic has been my favorite of the mm. current runs. Yeah. Uh, so I really want to get back to her. I really want to get back to that main to, to, to that storyline and really figure out exactly how she's going to get out of the situation that she's in because she's deep. In, behind enemy lines right now and uh and i really want to know how she, how how her story continues absolutely and one thing i really like about her character sharpay's character here is um you know it feels like you know and definitely in previous medias and all like that a lot of times women were defined by their relationships and their roles with the men around them but it is nice to see a a loving relationship between her and her husband and it's you know healthy relationships aren't that common in star wars so it's, it's great true. when we yeah, get yeah, like a, say that. it's nice when we get a good representation here and it's like you know and like i i'll always remember that the the scene in early in the uh star wars 2020 run where it shows you know, him lo- looking out into the giant fight that's going on that could you know that could wipe out the rebel rebel fleet it's like they're going to win because my wife is out there and i have absolute trust in my wife and that she's going to save us all and that's then like it, that's a great sort of thing it's like okay these people are in a great relationship and I, you know, I'm here for it and I want to see more of this. So it's great to see, you know, not having a woman defined by her relationship with a man, but seeing them both be strengthened by that relationship. Yeah. Well, I would 100% agree with that. And the other thing too, I mean, it's, especially in, in some of the older Star Wars material, it was more rare to see a prominent woman, uh, be a pilot in a squadron. Um, and so I, I think it's really important to have that representation as well. I mean, being one of the leaders of, of Starlight Squadron. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think that's important. Like, I mean, put her in Rogue Squadron or is she dead by then? I don't really know. But uh, if she's not dead, please put her in Rogue Squadron. I'd like that. <laughs> well, we don't even know when know, Rogue Squadron is, so. We're all like doing a little bit of math in our heads. I think, I think like, it's like 2022. <laughs> Well, no, right in the timeline. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, there's a lot of great women pilots now. You got like half of Black Squadron. Um, yep. <laughs> you got, uh, yeah, Shara Bay. You have uh, Nora Wexley. Yes. You got um, Aiden Versio. Um, Hera. Hera. Of course. Yeah, it was like we were talking about this. I think it was in the Living Force chat the other night. And so, like listening off female pilots. And someone's like, oh, yeah, Hera. I'm like. How how do we forget Hera? <laughs> I know, I know. I think because we see her as like such a great leader, like like a like a military leader. It's that, that like, general we forget, like, oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We forget that she's like also an incredible pilot that rivals right. like some of the best pilots we've ever seen in Star Wars. Uh, but speaking of women pilots, transition. Evan Verlaine, another female pilot. This is our last character of the night. Um, she is from Alderaan. She's an X-Wing pilot, and uh, she helps Leia on a mission, um, which takes place between A New Hope and um, Empire Strikes Back, uh, in which she tries to find the survivors of Alderaan in the, uh, uh, what is it called? It's just called Princess Leia, the comics. Yeah, the, the it's Princess like a series. Yeah, it's Mark Wade miniseries. Mark Wade, yep. Um, it's really amazing. They go back to Naboo. There's some really amazing like flashbacks that Leia has, but it's really cool uh, to see their relationship and um, and to sort of see their bond over their home planet, uh, having literally just been destroyed um, and 
I also think the other cool thing that I really, really enjoyed um, in this mini series was that we got to see just two women going on a mission together. Mm-hmm. I, you know, there was nobody else around. And I think, um, I think that was really, really important um, for, for representation. Meg, have you read this set of curiosity? I haven't, but once again, um, now that we've talked about it, I got to add it to my list. Your interest is peaked. I like it. It it is. It is. Jacob, what do you think of of Evan Verlaine? Yeah. Well, it's the Princess Leia comic. Definitely very good. It's, it's very early. Like it's 2015, I think, uh, very early in Canon. Uh, and it's cool. This like, it was so exciting to see her like pop up recently. Cause now she's a part of Starlight squadron. Mm -hmm. Like, so it was like, what was that it's like oh we like they haven't forgotten about this three or four or something like that the main star wars run right now it was like it, it had like a big shot of like all the members of the squadron and like the old text bubble with all their names so like is that the is that the person from that thing it's like i it's like it's like you're either from the lay miniseries or like you like died on jakku in the out- aftermath books i don't know which one it is but yeah no it's super cool to see her um to see her show up now again and it's it's really enjoyable it's interesting to see a character who experienced something very similar uh, to leia having that loss of everyone she knew basically but mm. handling it very differently they're both you know strong characters but they both have a different outlook on what the future of the alderanian people is so yeah I, I mean and- they, they just went through this gigantic like emotional stressor but the the miniseries doesn't fall into making them uh, too emotional, which I really like mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like that's, you know, kind of a stereo, you know, a more stereotypical representation. And I think that would be easier to do than making them um, be able to share their emotions with each other, but still be strong enough to carry out a very important mission to the both of them. Exactly. And not, I have to be honest with you. Doing, you know, to be the um actually gag, and I thought she was a Y wing pilot, wasn't she? Also, the one who returned. Was she a Y wing pilot? She was. A, she was flying a Y wing. That that the one Y wing you see that returns from the Death Star battle, the very first one. That was no her. way, that was her. That was her. What? Yeah, she's a uh, she's she's with along with uh Luke Skywalker and Wedge Antilly. She's one of the few fighter pilots that survived the uh, first battle go? of the Death Star or oh, Battle of Yavin. What? When did? When was this? Okay, I see it. That now, was, was in the was comic. It? That was in the comic. She they clearly said that she was one of the ones okay. who made it back. I haven't comic. read that comic in like four years, so that's yeah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think she flies X Wings later, but she was like the she was the one who like yeah, canonically came yeah, back. I, yeah, I just found it on Wikipedia. She uh, she was um, in the Battle of Scarif as Gold Three, um, part of the Rebel support forces attacking the Shield Gate above Scarif, and then yeah. in the Battle of Yavin. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah goes alongside seven other y-wings yeah um mm-hmm. that's amazing yeah i okay i am corrected it is not an x-wing i just it's, sometimes it's a star wars you're like oh what yeah, person what ship did yeah, this person fly and it's, it's probably an x-wing it's statistically speaking. If, if they're a rebel pilot they're either flying an x-wing or maybe just maybe an, an a-wing if they're not cool enough for an x-wing yeah absolutely oh well, that's cool to know like now, now when I watch it, I'm never gonna watch that movie the same way again. Like that's Evan Verlaine. What? <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So right here, have... this, 
this is her apparently there you go next time you watch the movie (laughs) exactly i think i can see the blonde hair from here so so technically she appeared in the movie first no i'm just kidding (laughs) scratch it from the show cut the last 15 minutes we're we're out of here she's not comics original anymore nope (laughs) all right so that was fun to talk about the characters uh, we have a, a few closing questions here that I'm going to pose. So, Mega, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, how, how can people support women in Star Wars comics, whether it is writers or artists or characters? How can we as a Star Wars community show that this is what we like and, and we want more of this? Well, first of all, uh, you know, if you're able um, give them your money, um, you know, buy, buy the comics, um, you know, money, money talks. Um, but also in addition to that, um, yell about how much you love them. Um, mm-hmm. like Twitter, for example, um, you know, some people stay off of it because it can be an interesting place, but like, it also can be a wonderful place to, um, just tell artists and writers how much you love their things. And, um, you know, like even if a writer like doesn't respond to a thing that you just put out there, like a lot of times they still see that and it still yeah. matters and it still tells them and it tells everyone like they like this thing that we're doing we need to do more of that um and also like in addition to supporting writers and artists that are already doing the thing already making the comics um fans out there doing art and writing their own things um if you like what they're doing if you see any of that share that too because like you never know if someone who's just making art on their own could eventually do a Star Wars thing. Um, if you see something and something's not getting attention and you think it deserves that, like quote tweet it or share it or yell it, just yell about it. Just tell them you're awesome and keep doing what you're doing because it, it makes a difference. Yeah, I love that. Um, so let's end on a, an introspective question, I suppose you could say. Um, what would you like to see next from women in Star Wars comics. And and this could, I suppose, be like, I want to see characters show up in movies or TV shows or whatever. It doesn't have to be just comic specific. So um, I'm going to go around the screen here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with Tyler. Well, I, I think, uh, again, I, I kind of relate this back to what I, what I said at the top of the show in that as a father and who's trying to raise three, you know, young boys, it's, it's we have come a long way. And, and and to be able to show my boys a comic that features Leia in a general position or Hera in a general's position or Evan or Shara as a pilot, like there doesn't, there, there seems to be a more casual occurrence of, of women just playing a role. And, 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 and it's the same role that, 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 that male characters, you know, have, have been playing for years. And so it's, it's from my perspective, and, and, and again, it's, it's different from a, a white male's perspective. So, so I kind of, you know, sort of toss this back to, to you and to, and to Meg. It's, it's encouraging to see that these characters are starting to be utilized in a way that have been utilized by white by by mostly white male characters you know for for majority of the history and 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 to see that as as a dad and 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 as a 
as, as a person who enjoys the comics and, and wants to no longer be, as, as Caleb mentioned earlier in the show, embarrassed about the sort of things that we're interested in. It's, it's nice to be able to see that and to be able to see that there is a more equal representation as a, compared to what it was 20 years ago. I don't know if it's still, I, I don't know if it's equal, you know, equally equal. Um, but, but there seems to be, we, we, we've come a long way that since the, the comics that I remember when I was 13, 14 years old, um, to be able to share those sorts of, you know, stories and, 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 and situations with, with, with my kids. That's great. Caleb, do you have any thoughts for what you'd like to see next with women in Star Wars comics? Uh, I think I'll just like did it what Tyler said I did I was pretty much exactly what it, what we need to be saying is like we're in a I feel like we've definitely um, corrected a lot and we're in a lot of a very good position like the High Republic like we have what uh, two uh, comic series right now with like four more five more on the way and if you include uh, the um, the Edge of Balance all of them are starring win- women yeah. right and that's really cool. And I'm really glad about this. And you know, I know you know angry Twitters. You know, people will be angry about everything, but it's it's good to see that you know we're going to say, hey, listen, like we've had a like all of the media has been let male led. Let's see what happens when it's when females lead it. And guess what? It's the same. It's still really good comic uh, stories. It's really great Star Wars. Like the characters are great. The world is still the one we love. So seeing women in Star Wars is great because that means we need more Star Wars and we get to see different types of characters come through and you know be more you know like you know less completely and totally stoic and we get to see like you know emotions that are played out that you know if you're you know traditionally if you put it on a male sort of thing it's not like kindness is not the sort of thing that is normally that you associate with people like reason we like Boba Fett because he's a hard ass and he does really nasty stuff and we like Boba Fett because of that but now we get to see other characters come in and like um you know, like, uh, oh, who was that character? Um, uh, Lumpop, oh, no. Lumpop, Diva Lumpop. Mm, like, she's yes. a amazing character we didn't get to talk about. And I, I went out and actually bought her physical comic because I want to support that. I want to see, like, that sort of characterization go on. So, you know, more women in Star Wars means more developed characters and more interesting archetypes we can explore. So I'm, I'm 100, 100% for it. We need to see more women and we've seen more characters and more diversity because that gives us better characters for people to say ah that is my favorite character i love that absolutely meg what do you think what what do you what do you want next for for women in star wars comics you know we talked uh a lot tonight about um some of the original women uh characters that have been in comics um more we need more of them. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's great to have like the same familiar characters that we know and we love and, um, you know, that they know that everyone loves, but uh, give us more, give us, well, you know, the more characters you have, the more opportunity you have to create more diversity just because you have to make every character different. They can't be the same. Um, you know, just keep keep doing that and keep uh, letting women be the ones to drive that and to write the characters to create, you know, what they look like and, um, just, just don't ever stop making, just keep going, keep going, keep going. I love yeah. that. Absolutely. Jacob thoughts. Yeah, no, definitely. Like more is great. Like if we, if we, you know, we had some great characters we talked about, but if we eliminated Afra, her ex-girlfriends and like D list comic characters, we'd have like one person to talk about. And like, that's a little <laughs> disappointing. Like, 
Um, you know, it's a lot of qualifiers, but still, you get the idea. There's some people we could have talked about Keith, but there are definitely like we need a, a deeper bench of of quality like ABC mm-hmm. list female characters in, in Star Wars comics. The other thing I want to see, give me give me a freaking uh like explicitly trans woman in, in a Star Wars comic. Like yeah. we're, we're making progress. We got a few like non binary like Sarah Tarrant and Psy. What it, oh um, yeah psi cantum yeah. yeah but yeah you know ex- expand beyond our, our, our the the cis woman um i guess mm-hmm. uh definition like you know like we said twitter will be a toxic firestorm <laughs> of a place i'm sure <laughs> but you can't like as as, as certain extent you, you can't let that kind of rule your creative decisions like mm-hmm. give us give us some more representation and uh yeah like you know like meg and her project stardust friends love to say there are more of us than them so if uh, if they're angering twitter i think that i feel like that's almost like a sign it's, it's that, okay a good thing yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, pretty exactly. much it's like you're all right you're on the right track you, you you've made a guy uh living in a basement really mad so <laughs> it's like a compass that always points south you know oh my goodness well yeah i i echo everything that that you guys have said i think i think what i will say on this topic is i want the comics that I read to look like the world that I live in. Mm-hmm. The world that I live in is not just white men or white women or straight women or straight men. Like like Jacob was saying, we, we need more LGBTQ plus representation as well. I want the comics that I read to be uh, written and, and drawn by people that live in my world you know, all sorts of different people, because the more points of view that we get, the the more diverse our thinking can become. And, and we can't move past a sort of stagnant sort of thinking without getting more diverse points of view. It's, it's so important to listen to people um, other than, than who you are. And um, I, I, I think, I think that we're getting there. We're getting there with, with women, um, you know, definitely, as we said, still some work to be done. Um, still some work to be done with um, all sorts of other types of representation, but I think I think that we're starting to get an audience in general that is more receptive to it. You know, the higher public stuff has been has been great. There's always going to be people that are going to be irrationally mad about representation, but like you guys said, I think that's a good thing. Let's you know make people mad, normalize it, and then hopefully there will be a day that comes where no one is mad when there's a woman or an LGBTQ plus person uh, leading a, a comic or a book or a TV series or a movie. And, and I think that that day will be a great day. We're not there yet, but hopefully with more conversations like these, we will get there soon. So with that, we have a reminder for our next, not our next episode, that was close. Two episodes from now, <laughs> Tyler, do you want to tell people what we have coming up? Yes, we are doing our first ever manga uh, um, round, round table. table. So we are doing the Edge of Balance Volume 1 round table on September 29th. So uh, I, I believe a, a number of people have already picked it up. But if you haven't, there's still time for you to pick it up. 
uh, and join us for the conversation on September 29th. I, I actually have not been able to pick this up yet. Um, I haven't been able to be into my local comic store in, in about two weeks, but uh, the next time I go in there, I'm going to make sure that I can pick it up so we can have a, a, an exciting conversation about it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, once again, thank you so much, Meg, for coming on this show. It was so great to have you. And um, I hope hopefully we'll have you back sometime soon because this was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Thanks so much for inviting me. Um, I promise that I will have read more comics uh, by the time <laughs> I come back and uh, we can talk about them and it'll be great. And they'll probably all star Queen Trios after this probably. conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. And with that, that'll do it for this week's episode of The Cosmic Force. Don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube to hear us live. Be sure to visit utini.com for reviews, articles, and news for the entire expanded universe. We encourage you to join our Utini Discord community by going to utini.com discord. If you'd like to help support the show, you can find us on patreon.com utini and start receiving exclusive perks starting at just $5 a month. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, OK Endar, Jeremy Kazina, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council, Elizabeth Cloutier, Jason Mitchell, Freddie C., and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support. You can tweet the show at Cosmic Force Show or at the host individually. Tyler is at Ty Rags. I'm at Irma Jedi 26. Caleb is at Caleb Lamanek. Jacob is at Jacob Bausch. And Meg is at Meg Dowell. Thank you so much to Tyler, Caleb, Jacob, and Meg for hosting with me tonight. And a special thank you to all of our listeners for joining us. We truly appreciate you. See everyone next week and may the force be with you.